Welcome in. This is your Wednesday live chat for this week's AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. The next hour or so, that's your time. Any questions, comments, concerns, throw them in the chat right now. While you're there, might as well hit the like button. Might as well make sure you're subscribed. That's all handy-dandy stuff. And, of course, this is indeed brought to you by Jock Market, which is stock market DFS. I'll talk more about them in just a few minutes. But know that there is a power hour tonight. That's where Joe Idoni and myself go through the entire market. It's fascinating. It's fun. There is seemingly a lot of money to be made as well, just a different type of way to play fantasy. And I'm really enjoying what those guys are doing. But Let's just not waste any more time. Let's just jump right into this because Scott B posted this comment two hours ago, which is much appreciated, Scott, for, you know, you're not even punctuality. You're, you're very early, my friend. Says, good afternoon, Rick. Thinking about rolling with Kisner considering his recent form, I heard he mentions his dislike of POA. Do the stats show this to be the case or is he still decent on them? Okay, well, Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show you uh, my website and everything that you see will come from my site, rickrungood.com. This is the Holy Grail. So this is where you can go through and you can add in uh, Poana as your putting surface. And we can look for Kevin Kisner. We can just straight up see his results on the surface and see if this actually matches what he's saying. And eh, not really. You know, he's been he's been pretty good, although he's a very good putter. Let me check something real quick. So he in 39 rounds on Poana, he is gaining nearly a quarter of a stroke putting per round. If we look at his entire, or I guess we should just look at his other surfaces. He's a little bit better, near of a third of a round. If we get rid of the bent slash Poa uh hybrid, uh yeah, okay. He is actually statistically worse on Poana. So he's not necessarily wrong there, but he's still a an above average putter. He has still gained strokes on the surface in five of his last six. I, I, so while Kevin Kisner is correct, he's also wrong. It's weird. It's one of those things that, uh, you know, we can, we can both be right on. Any update on Daniel Berger's injury? Uh, no, and we're not going to get one. Right. So for for what Pete, what Brandon is talking about, don't don't panic burger backers. But uh, Daniel Berger in the final round last Saturday was on PGA Tour Live and he hit a couple of shots early in his round and he immediately was kind of grabbing his back and he was walking very gingerly. The good news is he finished that round. He was one under. It was a great score at the South Course at Torrey Pines on Saturday, and we haven't heard anything about it since. He was not asked about it in his press conferences or in any media that he did uh, before the event. So I don't think we are going to get an update. The idea that he's here and we haven't heard anything is probably pretty good. So I'm not taking really anything from that last week. Also, this tends to reinforce my idea of needing like range reports, right? We need range reports. We need to you know how many holes these guys played this week, what time they showed up at the range on Tuesday, what time they left, et cetera, et cetera. Craig says, thanks for your awesome content. Thank you. Can we do a deep dive on Min Woo Lee? Sure. So I've, I've written Min Woo Lee up a couple of times this week, and um, I, I think he's pretty exciting. So I'm, I'm going to pull up his holy grail here in just one second. And there is not – actually, I'm going to go to his golfer profile because there is not a lot of – uh, strokes gained data on Minwoo, but I do have his European tour stuff. So let's see. Uh, okay. Let's just go down to his results. So here's what we know about Minwoo. Minwoo, 51st ranked player in the field. 
Uh, he has played very well on the DP World Tour in the last couple of months. He has those three top eight finishes in his last five starts. He also has that victory in the summer at the Scottish Open. The Scottish Open, if you're looking at pure official world golf ranking strength of field score, is basically a, a field that is going to be twice as difficult, twice as deep, twice as good, however you want to phrase it, twice as strong as the field that he's getting at Pebble Beach this week. Now, he has not had a lot of great PGA Tour success, but if you look at it, it's because he's coming over and playing WGCs. He's uh, he's going against the cream of the crop. He did play the Pro-Am last year, was not very good from tee to green. That's the only uh, the one measured round that he played at Pebble Beach. So I'm, I'm willing to, to be pretty optimistic about Minwoo this week, and I think that you should be too. It's, you know, these guys have to come over here. They've got to kind of get uh, their reps in, get more comfortable playing on the PGA Tour. Dustin says, hey, Rick, appreciate the content. If you had to dip below $6,500 and play somebody other than Brian Gay, who would you take a flyer on? Any love for layman rhymes with game. And I wish it was as easy as that. I wish it was as easy as a rhyming game. That'd be fun. Uh, yeah, outside of Brian Gay, under 65, I believe, was the question. It's pretty scary. And, and, and Brian Gay's, you know, Brian Gay's scary as well. I'll, I'll give you a really deep flyer. And um, he just got added to the field today. Uh, Tommy Two Gloves Ganey. Yeah, I think he's 6100 He might be $6,000 uh, by himself. There is an event. It's a non-tour professional event that's held at Pebble Beach. Uh, it is called the Pebble Beach Invitational, I believe. And I believe it is most currently sponsored by TaylorMade. Um, he won that event a couple of years ago, two years ago, three years ago, I think. And uh, he plays a lot on the Corn Ferry Tour to various levels of success. He's missed four of his last five cuts, but I don't know. You get in late, you have a little Tommy Gainey magic at a place that you've played well at. I don't really like any of those guys, so I'll throw you a deep, deep flyer there with Tommy Gainey. Any thoughts on finishing my lineup with a scrub, Satoshi Kadaira? Yeah, I actually think I uh, wrote up Kadaira for um, uh, Odds Checker, I believe, this week. And uh, Kadaira is fascinating just because he is so hard to really kind of predict and project and handicap. But here's the good news for Kadira. He's a PGA tour winner. The place that he won Harbor town is I would argue one of the more similar courses uh, in skill set that you could get to Pebble beach, which is going to be kind of um, not necessarily having to be long off the tee, but more accurate and also playing to very small greens. So that's a check for Kadira. Another check for Kadira would be, um, if you want to play the bucket game, which I don't always love to play the bucket game, but that like 125 to 150 yards or like 100 to 125 yards tends to be more important here at Pebble Beach. And that's a really strong uh, place for Kadira's game. The other thing is what we saw at the Sony Open, which is the only event we've seen Kadira here in 2022 he was phenomenal and he gained strokes across the board and he finished T12. So when you put all that together, Garrett, um, yes, I think, and I actually think I bet him. I think I got him at 200 to one. I think I bet him crazy stuff, but I'm with you. Um, favorite play between 7,200 and 7,400. Okay. Well, let's go to the cheat sheet here and I'll get this loaded in. 72 to 74. So it's basically Troy Merritt up to Adam Hadwin-ish. Uh, I think the longer, the, the further I go in the week, uh, Ches Revy becomes a little bit more exciting. He is 
you know, the four consecutive top 25 finishes, or I guess three out of his last four, but he's made four cuts in a row. The runner-up finish in 2018, the 16th place finish last year, the skill set that you would need around a spe- uh, specifically Pebble Beach, it's it's Chez Reeves' game. Um, not distance, but accuracy, approach shots. That would be someone that I think is interesting. Outside of that, Sahith is pretty interesting. Sahith's probably going to play five weeks in a row because I think you just got a – um, a sponsor's invite to waste management for next week, but here we go 48th at Sony, 33rd at the American Express, 25th at the Farmers. We're trending, right? We're trending, we are uh getting more comfortable on the PGA tour. And Sahith is someone who is pretty interesting to me. Yo, Rick, how you doing? Well, I hope you are as well. After seeing Hideki and List win, have you noticed any difference with putting in the short sample size without the green reading cards? No, but that is on my list. So I've been, um, as you guys know, tracking kind of putting volatility over the course of the last decade or so. And uh, we don't have much of a sample size yet because we're still getting a lot of guys who are making their first and second and third starts. But I'm hoping in the very near future to have a more official report on putting volatility in 2022 versus putting volatility in previous years. So stay tuned for that. I think we're very close to having enough data, but it is something that is on the top of my list. Hey, Rick, happy Pebble week. Pebbles week. Thank you. $7,300 last guy in, Pat Perez. I already have Nick Taylor, but not sure on Perez. Who would be your pivot in this range or just drop down and grab Doc? So $7,300, uh, similar to what I talked about. I think the, the best pivot is probably Sahith. I also think... Should I just do the Brandon Harkins thing now? Do I do I just do the Brandon Harkins thing right now? Okay. Here's Brandon Harkins. He's $7,100. Brandon Harkins won on the Corn Ferry Tour last week, but it was on Wednesday, which is incredibly important because instead of having to sprint and do all the crazy stuff to get to the next tour stop, he could take his time. He was able to get to Pebble Beach early. With a three-course rotation, you got to put in work. Uh, fortunately, fortunately for Harkins, very familiar with these courses. He is a Northern California guy who has played this event uh, twice in the last three, four years, has a 15th place finish and a 28th. He also won last year that Pebble Beach Invitational that I was referring to. It's a non-tour, but it is a highly acclaimed um, professional golfers event. I think Kevin Kisner has won it as well. Tommy Armour has won it a couple of times. It gets a decent feel. Alex Chake, I think, finished runner-up to Brandon Harkins. So like maybe it's too much. Maybe I'm creating the narrative here, but I am super stoked for him. I'm excited for him. He's 7,100 bucks. What do you think the most popular build is going to be starting with three guys in the nines? Not really. So if you look at kind of the ownership, um, it looks like that 10 K range and my mouse is tweaking out on me right now. Here we go. My 10 K range or that 10K range. So now it's only three golfers. It was four, but Zalatoris, he gone. So we've got Cantlay Berger, who I have both projected over 25%, and then Spieth, who's sub 9% at the moment. So it looks like a lot of people are opting for one of the big two and then going down to probably one guy in the ninth because it's pretty spread out between Day, McNeely, Rose, Tringale, Power, and even Fitzpatrick. That's that's pretty even. In fact, I, I bet Jason Day comes in higher than 13%, which is what I'm projecting him at right now. But I think it's one of the big two, one of the nines. Then it probably goes down. Then you probably have to drop down to the sevens, and people are grabbing Kucher and Mitchell. Uh, maybe the bottom of the sevens, they're getting Pendrith and, and Sahith. Um, and then you go down into the sixes. They're taking Malnati 
And that's about it. So I think that build is one of the top two, followed by pick of the litter out of the 9K, then down to 7,500 or something like that. Rick, who has the top three annoying putting routines on tour? Which routine uh, do you somewhat like and could possibly emulate to help your own putting out? So clearly the most annoying are Cantlay uh, and Horschel. Cantlay does the toe tap for an hour, but it works for him, so he should keep doing it. Uh, Billy Horschel sneaks up on it, which is kind of bonkers. Um, I think my favorites are when Rory started doing the thing with no practice strokes. I don't know if he still does that, but he was he was um, at some point last year, he was not doing any practice strokes. He was reading the putt. He was getting up there and he was hitting it. I like that. I think a lot of times, uh, especially amateurs like myself, you know, we get so into the practice stroke and it's hard to recreate on the actual stroke when there's a ball there and just not doing the practice stroke relies a bit more on feel. I think it would help most guys out. I think you should at least try it. Any 7.5 to 8.5 K guys that have grown on you in the last week. Okay. So that range is about right here. So Mitchell to Hoagie who have grown on me. That's very, it's very important. He said grown on me. Lucas Glover. I think has continued to grow on me. You know, someone who can rely on hitting a lot of greens, uh, who can rely on the approach play, who has actually putted better as of late. I, I think he has grown on me, and I started kind of mildly warm on him. I think I'm, I think I'm heating up there. Outside of that, um, that's probably about it. I don't think I've grown. I mean, Hoagie's fine, right? I think we know what we're going to get out of Hoagie. How many golfers? In the $40 range on Yahoo, would you use in one lineup? I do not know who is $40 on Yahoo. I don't play on Yahoo, so sorry about that. Can you do a deep dive on Christian Pizzain? I know Mark sang his praise earlier, but I would love an objective view to support his biased eye test. Sure. So the objective view out of uh, Pizzain is basically, it's still pretty optimistic. So I'll pull him up here on the uh, on the golfer profile. So I have 395 rounds on him in my in my database. Of course, not all of them. In fact, the, the minority of them are PGA Tour rounds. But um, if you start going back, you'll notice a couple of things. Uh, at it, last year, even when he was having great success, he was kind of this short game wizard, right? He was gaining a lot of strokes around the green. He was gaining a lot of strokes with his putter. And, and to my argument, he was kind of a bit um, reliant in that aspect. Now you fast forward to 2022 and you're starting to see what I think is actually a more sustainable uh, statistical profile. Whereas last three, he's gained strokes on approach. Uh, the last uh, three, he's gained off the tee and two of them, his putting has been closer to zero. I think there's a, a path to Bezayden Hote uh, to basically continuing the ball striking success and then having one of those ceiling putting weeks that we have seen so frequently from him. Uh, I think that uh, I'm, I'm fairly optimistic about him moving forward. It's a pretty decent, um, pretty decent profile. Can you and Joe push jock markets add champions tour, DP tour, LPGA markets after the Super Bowl? Interesting. Yeah. So um, this is probably a good time to do the jock market segment. I, yeah, sure. I can I can pass that information along. I don't I don't I don't see why not. Um, if you have never played on Jock Market or you don't know what it is, it's stock market DFS where you can literally buy and sell 
shares of golfers. Now you can actually short shares of golfers. And I should be clear, really other athletes as well. It's not just golf, but that's obviously my focus for it. And uh, tonight is a very important night because it's Wednesday night. It's the day before the tournament. And you can now bid on shares of golfers. You can do it right now. It's open. So this IPO is open until about nine o'clock Eastern time tonight. And then if you're one of the high bidders for those golfers, those shares are going to be added to your portfolio. And then based on the finishing position, there are guaranteed payouts. So to put this into perspective, last uh, it would have been last Tuesday, Luke List sold for $4.98 a share. And by winning, he got the full $25 a share payout. So that's a $20 per share profit on Luke List. So if you had 10 shares of Luke List, you made $200 on him. There is no requirement to have a minimum or a maximum number of golfers in your portfolio, which is nice. So if there's just one guy you're interested in, or if there's 30 guys you're interested in, you can have that in your portfolio as well. And um, yeah, I think tonight, especially with the top heavy nature of the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, I think we're going to get uh, some expensive guys at the top. And there's going to be a lot of value everywhere else. If you use the code Rick, when you sign up, uh, that's up to a $50 deposit bonus. It's the best bonus available. And the data that I just showed you is available for free on my website, rickrungood.com. Hey, Rick, what tur uh, turns out that I love Wednesday to Saturday golf. What about you? Yes, I've uh, said probably countless times at this point, I think they should run Wednesday to Saturday the entire football season. So basically the fall until this week right? The week before, no, I guess not this week until the conference championships. And then Pebble Beach can be on Sunday. Um, waste management can be on Sunday. Cause quite frankly, that's kind of its own spectacle, right? The fact that it's always on Super Bowl Sunday. So I'm cool with that. And then we move forward with Thursday th through Sunday. I, I loved it last week. I actually just think it's a little weird to only have one event in the schedule that's Wednesday to Saturday. So you have a short week on one end of it and a long week on the other when we could just, we could just do this right for the entire fall. Hey, Rick, have you decided who you prefer in the $9,000 range on DK? You loved all of them on Monday. Yeah, I think that's probably still an, an accurate statement. I think if I had to narrow it down. So I'm I'm fairly bullish about Jason Day longer term, and this is a prime spot for him. I think with what I, what I believe the ownership on Maverick McNeely is going to be, it's coming in around 20%, I, I can be okay not having McNeely this week. Am I thrilled, thrilled about it? No. Is there a chance I get burned? Yes, but kind of game theory, I could be fine without McNeely. Um, pretty bullish on Rose and Tringale. Always bullish on power, but I think just the way it's shaping up where it's weird. I like power so much that I don't need to really force him here. I can go with Tringale or Rose, guys that I think might just be one-off peaks and trying to catch the peak as opposed to just rolling out Seamus power. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay without power, even though I love him. I'm okay without McNeely. And then Tringale, Rose, and Day are probably my three favorites. If, if Fitzpatrick burns me, fine. If either of the Kevins burn me, fine. I'll live. <laughs> this one. Uh, Lincoln, uh, great question, Lincoln. Lincoln says, Rick, how's Oliver? Any plans? To, then he's, then he, okay, so first of all, Oliver is my dog. He's a dachshund Yorkie. He is uh, a dream come true. First of all, uh, I don't know if I even mentioned this. We had a little bit of a health scare with Oliver. Luckily, all good, very healthy, healthy as he's ever been. Um, he is 
uh, he's perfect in every way. So thank you, Lincoln, for, for bringing that up. Uh, any plans to do a weighted DFS points gained statistic similar to your weighted strokes gained? Yes, Lincoln. So this is a very good question. I don't know how many people realize this, but there is always a lot going on behind the scenes of rickrundagood.com. Um, the database is constantly uh, becoming more and more robust. And what you have to realize with golf stats are um, there's the PGA Tour as its own source, but when you get into like fantasy stuff, these are different sources. And what I've been spending a lot of time on recently and over the last couple of years is combining those sources so that I can essentially do what you're describing, Lincoln, which is start doing weighted everything, which I think is more is so much more important in golf than maybe other sports. And you'll see it in other sports too, right? Like if LeBron scores, maybe LeBron's a bad example. If the 49ers score 30 points against uh, the Bengals or the Bills, that would probably be more impressive than them scoring 30 points against the Jets, right? So that's kind of like a weighted situation. Um, With how different every course is and every field is, there needs to be weighted X, Y, and Z uh, to really help provide context for how good these golfers are playing. And it's similar to like March Madness when you get to common opponents, like, oh, both of these guys played this course on this day. That You can kind of compare those guys against each other. But what if they never played each other? What if they never played the same courses? What if they never played the same opponents? So long story short, Lincoln, yeah, I'm on it. And thank you uh, for asking about Oliver. He's the man. Oh, I kind of lost my spot. The way that YouTube chat, it jumps around. So I'm trying to hang here. Okay. Which bet do you prefer this week? Streelman top 40 or Rose top 20? Probably Rose top 20. Again, if, if Streelman's going to continue this and burn me, fine. But um, there's, and I am not a Justin Rose guy. If you guys have been following for a long time, this is this is because he has gotten much more consistent uh, much more sustainable in his in his play recently. I'm very very optimistic. The the profile that we're seeing in the advanced metrics from Jason Justin Rose right now are maybe some of the best he's had in a couple of years. So I I think we've got I think we've got to roll with it. Uh, I answered the one part of this question before Jared, but uh, the opposite side. Who is someone that you're not as high on? I think it's McNeely, just because like hey, McNeely and Fitzpatrick. You know, Fitzpatrick, this, there was an argument to be made on Monday that um, he was $9,200. Um, sorry, I'm just checking something. Okay, sorry. Uh, that he was very mispriced just because of the official World Golf Ranking stuff and kind of his, his pedigree. But we haven't seen him since the hero. If he burns me, he burns me. He doesn't have a lot of great history around Pebble Beach. Uh, and then McNeely, we're at McNeely like saturation right now, right? Everybody's going to play McNeely. We get it. I love the guy. I don't need to play him at his home course for, you know, all the ownership. It's, I'll just take a pass. Unrelated to this week, I know you like Rory, Victor, and Morikawa. If you had to pick, who's your favorite? I mean, just like to root for or whatever? Like, Victor. Yeah, that's fine. I'm cool saying that. They're all, they're all great guys. Um, Looking at past leaderboards, it seems to me that ex- more experienced golfers seem to do better here. Have you noticed the same, or am I reading too much into it? I haven't done a whole lot of um, analysis on experience, but it would kind of make sense. You know, this event 
it, it is kind of sticky in terms of course history, right? Uh, and I would argue that uh, these courses, do I want to make this argument? Yeah, I think I do, are more similar to the uh, to each other than the three that we got in the American Express. And the American Express is, you know that, it's just huge volatility. And while a three-course rotation uh, here is also going to create volatility, the, because they're so similar, you have guys with just elite, elite sticky course history. So it would make sense that um, experience kind of matters a little bit and playing here and getting comfortable, especially because you have to get comfortable on, on, on multiple courses. I could see it. I don't have any numbers to, to back that up, but I, I could understand that. Hey, Rick, chiming, <laughs> chiming in to say that I fell in love with the golfer profile page on the site this week. Yeah, thank you, Matthew. I've been making a lot of... Um, here it is. I'm making a lot of updates to it. And there's as always going to be a lot of updates to it. Uh, but I appreciate that. And he says, feeling really confident about a six of six smash the like button folks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. I know he's just missed a cup, but what are your thoughts on Snedeker? Also McCarthy. I feel like both could, uh, post well here. It's, it's really hard for me to say a guy who, you know, has won this event multiple times, like Brad Snedeker, isn't going to play well here, but I'm just, I'm just not excited at all. You know, this is a stretch of golf for him that is usually very, very good. He won the farmers multiple, he's won the farmers multiple times. He's won this event multiple times, but he's just, he's not that guy. He's not that guy anymore. And if he shows up out of the blue and, and plays well here, fine. And we said that last week, right? Like it, I, I, I'm okay with being burned, but look at this. He has um one, Top 15 in nine months, right? Dating back to Valspar. And it's a lot of losses off the tee. It's a lot of losses on approach. The putter, which is always his strength, is still okay. It's not great. It's not like you we've seen in the past where every week he's gaining four, five, six strokes. We're not seeing that anymore. And when you remove a guy's kind of uh, superpower, I, I think you're in. I think you're in big trouble. And and it's fine. Seneca's had an amazing career, and he's going to pop a couple times here and there. But um, it's it's probably not going to be with my backing. So this is an interesting comment about Seamus Power. Uh, any credibility to something I read on this course trio does not suit his game, specifically Poa putting. The problem that we have with Seamus is. He's been around a lot longer than um, than people realize, right? Because it's just since uh, uh, July where he's been now full-time on the PGA Tour, playing really, really well, got that win, and people are talking about him. But look at this. I mean, he has been around since 2016, 17, and he was kind of just a tour average player, slightly better. And then at the start of 2021 – Boom, we strapped a rocket ship to his back and he's up and to the right. Like that's what's going on with Seamus. So when you start looking at previous years and you can look at his stats here year by year, he's not that guy anymore. So it's really hard to say what could have happened in 2020, 2019, 2018 is giving any level of credence to what's going to happen in 2021, 2022 and beyond because he's not that guy anymore. He's just much, much better. So I, I, I'm kind of looking at him through a much smaller sample size. His POA putting numbers, they are his worst surface, but he's better than tour average, slightly better. So I'm continuing to be very, very optimistic about, um, about Seamus Power. With Cantlay, this is from Sheardog, welcome Sheardog, appearing to be the dominant golfer in this field, is it better to use him for one and done here or hold him for a place that he's even better at like the Memorial? It's a really good conversation to have. I don't have any, I will never have a problem using a stud in a field where he is the guy. 
Um, we saw it last week with John Rom, right? And he got you 445,000, which you'd be pretty happy with. The idea of him being seven to one, six and a half to one, whatever he is, and a pretty big gap to everybody else is, um, it's exciting. It, it, listen, it's, I think that's better than him being 18 to one in a much deeper, better field. One that we're going to get at the Memorial Memorial. One we're going to get at a major championship. One we're going to get uh, at some of these larger invitational. I, I, je- I have no problem doing that. Um, I think Andy and I talked about that on um, the Tuesday scramble. That's the betting and news and story show that we do on Tuesdays. Now, actually, this yesterday's uh, scramble was the most viewed, downloaded, whatever you want to say, uh, watched scramble ever. So appreciate the support. Thank you very much. We're trying to continue to, to, to grow that. There's a lot of betting content in there. There's a lot of fun in there. So I wanted to thank you guys for that as well. Can we go back to Patrick Rogers? I'm worried. He has not particularly played well here. Um, I'm not sure it fits his strengths to be quite honest with you. I think a place like Tory was better. Uh, and there's probably not a place on tour, more different than Tory than Pebble. So I will hang tight. Matthew says prior to COVID, you guys played in a fantasy golf tournament, the week of the Honda classic, any chance of that coming back? If so, can any chance us local South Florida viewers can get in on the event? Yeah, that was called the DFS open. Uh, and things were never the same after that. That's like, we flew back and three days later, the world shut down. That, that was like, that time things have never been the same um i have no idea i'm not in charge of this you know who could be or who was in charge of this joe idoni so if you want to come to the power hour tonight and ask joe if he wants to set this thing up again all i i'd be happy to go i just know it is a massive headache and huge undertaking uh to put on a golf outing of that size for people who are flying in from all over the country so uh i i hope so matthew i hope that there is a time in which the dfs open returns to South Florida or anywhere, but um, I will not be the one to plan it, unfortunately. But Bug Joe at Torpix, go tweet him. Hold, put enough pressure on him. Maybe he'll do it. All right. Can we run a new custom model this week? Yeah, that's fine. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, I've got the custom model right. Uh, I don't have it up. Let's try this. So the custom model. This is on rickrungood.com. You can choose any number of rounds, any stats that you want, and you can uh, see the results. All right. I'm just going to clear everything. So I don't want to be tainted by what I did earlier in the week. Um, I, I can clearly see that I did the last 30 rounds. Let's uh, let's go a little bit more recent. Let's go 24. This is what I would prefer to do. All right. Uh, let's, let's do something different. Let's do... Let's do a combination of these two buckets. I don't, let's do um, 20 on 50 to 125 and 20 on 125 to 150. Let's then take our remaining 60 and uh, I want to split it up a couple of different ways. I want to do 20 on distance, which people are going to be like, Rick, I thought you said distance doesn't, distance doesn't matter. It always matters. It just matters more in your second shot here. And then let's do a weighted. Oh, this is going to be fun. A weighted weighted strokes gain total. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. So let's say approach is important. Let's go with, um, so I have 40 left. Let's go with 20 on approach, 10 off the tee, 10 putting. That is a weighted weighted strokes gained 
metric. So now we will sort by value and we will see that my number one golfer is, oh boy, Austin Eckrode. Austin Eckrode. Are we going to have to do the deep dive on Austin Eckrode? I only have 44 rounds on him, so it could be sample size concerns, but let's see. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, see, this is, um, see, his last 24 rounds go back pretty far because that's measured rounds. So his last 24 rounds date back to July, which he was phenomenal on approach. Phenomenal, pretty darn good off the tee. That's what I weighted pretty, pretty heavily there. Must be good out of those buckets. Wow, was not expecting to see that name. Always fun when we do that. Cantlay number two, Chan Kim number three. I imagine that's the same thing, where his 24 rounds go back like, they could go back a year. Uh, John, wow, there's so, see, when you start going into the buckets, there are so many value guys. John Merrick, Robert Garrigus. You, you can't actually play these guys, right? Um, the notables were kind of Berger, Hayden Buckley, Chris Kirk, Mav McNeely, Lonto Griffin, yeah, you start running into a lot of sample size issues, and the buckets are, uh, yeah, like you can be good in those buckets, but you might not be a great golfer. So interesting. Wow, that was fun. All right. Oh, I'm honored. Jay Z in the chat. Wow. My goodness. My, I'm your main man. Wow. Okay. My main man, Rick. Off to a good start in one and done. Of course you are. Should Hova play someone like Day or Rose? Or do a brother gotta go a bit more off the board? Well, Jay, uh, thank you very much for the question. I would say just do you. Go with Rose. Go with Day. You're out in front. Keep front running. Those are guys that you're not necessarily dying to use in other places, and you're probably catching them at a really good time. No problem going with one of those. Thanks for all your contributions to uh, music. Jay Roberts says, Rick, you're the freaking man. Hey, thanks. Is Cantlay an autoplay this week? Uh, also, can you do a deep dive on Joseph Bramlett? Yeah, Bramlett, did he miss the cut last week? I feel like he burned everybody. Or did he? No, maybe he played well. Yeah, let's do the deep dive on Bramlett first because um, the Cantlay thing is like uh, in a vacuum, yes, he's an autoplay. But when you start to thinking, when you're starting to think about game theory and whether you want to be a part of that, like, it's hard for me to really say. But here's Joseph Bramlett. Off the tee, very good. Everywhere else, eh, leaves a lot to be desired. I would have... Um, I would have some concerns this week. Bramlett is, uh, for lack of a better term, he is a bull in a china shop, right? He has got, uh, he's just going to bang the hell out of the ball, go find it and hit it again. And I believe that these courses require just a, a hair more finesse. And um, I am not all that excited about Bramlett. I've answered a couple of questions about um, Kadira. So I'm just going to move on. Talked about that guy, going to move on. Will you be at the Waste Management Phoenix Open? Would love a meet and greet. I may have a suite on 16 as well. Well, well Swanky, email me. That might uh, help my decision if I'm in a suite on 16. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know yet. So I'm, I'm trying to get to Riviera. I, I could – maybe I'll make the drive. I don't know. Email me. Who knows? I'll, I'll go to Phoenix. Uh, it was really great meeting a lot of you last week. I was stunned that there were people who uh, – who, who live out in the world. Like the internet's a weird place who would come up and say, Hey, really enjoy your stuff. Like it was cool to meet people in real life. I put some faces to names, um, that I, that I hadn't before. And it, it was, it was cool. I mean, the internet's a weird place that I can speak into a camera. And then when I finally go out in, in, in 
the in the public, uh, people say hello. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's crazy. Uh, email me about that suite. We'll talk about it. Oh boy. I've answered a lot of these. This is kind of an interesting question from Biggie Balls. Do you advise that sometimes just biting the bullet on a number that you don't like if you like the golfer? I love Rose this week, but I only have access to 20 or 22, which I don't love. Biggie Balls, as usual, you are providing much, much value to this live stream, and I appreciate you. Uh, you are 100% correct. If you are a recreational better, which I imagine all of you watching fall into that category, myself included, right? My income is not uh any like 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 i'm not doing this professionally right like we are all recreational don't worry about a couple of points on the numbers um if your guy wins at 18 and other people got it at 25 who cares right if you're doing this more seriously and you have the ability to kind of shop it and you have the ability to kind of maybe run some models and you say hey 18 to one, he's not a value, but 24 to one, he is. And I've, because I'm betting a thousand times over and over and over again, I'm going to take my small edges. That's fine. I imagine if you're listening to this and I throw myself into this category, that does not matter. Bite the bullet, take the number if you like the guy. A couple questions about Min, Lu, Min, Min Wu Lee. Answer those. Oh, yeah. Maybe I should not have called them burger backers because uh, you'll back injury. Yeah, sorry about that. And I'm not saying there's a back injury. Do not tweet me. I just saw what you saw on PGA Tour Live. I have no other information about it. What does this question even mean? Good afternoon. I was wondering how renewed the action area you are, for example, Will is rolled out as inactive. Do you react to this ownership reflection right away, or do you still rely on your model? Okay, that got better as I started to read it. I don't really know what you're getting at, but uh, yeah, I mean, listen, when when there was only four guys in the $10,000 range, and one of them lost in a playoff last week, and then he withdraws on Tuesday, you have to react to it. So whether that was putting in um, a wager on some of the other guys, or like, I would almost, I know this is like super scary. Like I'm, I'm maybe more inclined to play Jordan Spieth now that um, Will Zalatoris is out. And I'm maybe more inclined to just start in the $9,000 range now that Spieth is out or uh, now that Zalatoris is out because you're really just pulling the Cantlay burger fade. And if one of them doesn't win, you're probably on the right side of the fade. Uh, so Zalatoris leaving this event made it easier to play speed and it made it easier to fade the rest of the guys going for a three peat in jock market pga overall win this week oh terry look at you two straight wins good luck who would you invest up out of mito streelman todd kuchar and in what order obviously it's going to depend on the price terry right because if i told you you know streelman at a dollar yeah sure that's fine um probably mito Probably Stroman, probably Kucher, then Todd is probably the order. But you could—it's—it's it's so dependent, Terry, on on their price. So I imagine I'll see you tonight in the Power Hour because that's a a conversation that when the when the bids start rolling in, we can provide some more information. Is Berger just playing so good these days? It would be foolish not to save him for the majors, ooh, or or bigger events in a one and done. 
The pro listen, I love burger probably more than anybody, but there's probably just like where who are you gonna play him over? Right? Like I, I don't mind saving burger. Um but are you gonna play him over Rom somewhere? Are you gonna play him over more cows somewhere? Are you gonna play him over Dustin John, maybe Dustin Johnson somewhere? Um I'd I'd rather just pull the trigger here or you know, because he doesn't play a lot. So mostly when he plays, they're they are better uh better events. But to your point, this is the weighted strokes gain power rankings. Can't like by far the best player in this field over the last 50 rounds. Burger, tier of his own, and then a huge gap to everybody else. I, I completely agree with you that Burger is uh, being undervalued, being people do not realize how good he is. Oh, this is just a nice comment. May this be a jovial day for you. And may you find an abundance of peace. And then let's go, Nick Watney. That's an that's a that that sent those order of words has never been typed on the internet before. Congratulations and uh, thank you for the support. This is a interesting idea. So Chunk the Deuce says I'm considering adding decent weights to around the green categories in a few models that I'm running. Does that make sense for some of the smaller greens or I'm reaching? No. So it's weird, right? So I've got uh, my handy dandy notebook here. Um, it's weird because while Pebble Beach at like 3,500 square feet on average, right? Is that right? Yes. Uh, while these are these small screens on the PGA Tour or one of two, they're still easy to hit because you're basically hitting wedge into all of them. So the uh, last year, these greens were hit 68% of the time in regulation, which is about 33rd out of 51. So it's about middle of the pack. Um, despite them being small, they're not all that hard to hit. Now, if you go over to Spyglass, that's where the greens get really hard to hit. So only 58% on average uh, last year, which would have been eighth out of 51, the eighth hardest greens to hit. So I think you. it's not that you're overthinking it. I think you're on the right track. I just think that it's a weird situation because everybody's hitting wedge into these. Tom Jacobs says, who's the best play in the 6K range and why is it Sung you'll know? Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I think he's min-priced this week or 6,100 bucks. Um, plays out at Summerlin, playing much better. Has had some okay rounds at this event, right? Like, I, if you go, if you look past the last two weeks, it's not pretty, but maybe we're, maybe we're finding something here. Um, I heard a stat that pro golfers make 80% of their putts three feet or less, and that percentage goes down to 50% when putting from eight feet or longer. Is there a one putt stat that could be helpful this week? Uh, probably not, but you're right. I bet you it's more than 80% uh, inside of three feet. It's probably much higher than that. And yes, you are correct that it is 50% from eight feet, but no, I don't think any of that is necessarily predictive. Oh, uh, I might come back to that question, Chris. Let me think about that. There's a lot of good ones. He's asking about uh, restaurants in Vegas. There's a lot of there's a lot of good ones. Um, that might be that might be a, a, a show of its own. Um, if you're looking for pizza, it's good pie. The answer is good pie. I mean, anything at the wind's pretty good. Um, Ah, God, there's so, there's just, there, didn't I fun? There's just, there's too many. I, I, that's a different episode. 
Prize picks for tomorrow, Rick. I saw your Twitter content and like the J Day one. What are you riding with? Yeah, so I'm I love the props, and I think for golf, um, they're really good and, and they're really exploitable. So I'll, I'll try to find that tweet for you here because I want people to get on the same page about what I'm what I'm referring to. So uh, this is on Prize Picks. So Jason Day. His line for tomorrow is 12 and a half greens in regulation, which um, in his last 11 rounds, he's basically hitting that 12.2. Pebble Beach, you give him a little bit of a bump. They're kind of on the easier side to hit, as we just talked about. I project him to hit about 14 uh, greens in round one. So that's an over. I was also going into, um, I think you have to go Patrick Rogers under on fairways hit. So his under right now is, or his, his line right now is nine. And he's been by far the worst of the guys that you can um, that you can pick from in terms of fairways. He's hit less than seven in his last twenty rounds. His history at uh, at this event, he's hit nine exactly nine fairways once, and every other round was was worse than that. So I think if you want to go to Prize Picks and you want to pick an over on Jason Day greens and regulation. An under on Rogers fairways hit. I think that's the most logical. Um, I'm going to be. Um, I'm working on a tool for this. I've been playing it a lot more. I'll, I'll have a, a more proppy kind of tool, and I'll work it into some of the stuff so that you guys can see the same database that I'm that I'm looking at. But I think those are the two to kind of get started with. Um, I do have a code too, which is helpful for everybody. It's Rick. Uh, 100% instant deposit match up to a hundred bucks. You can use my code. Uh, it would help me. I'd be very gracious, uh, for that, but I, I think it's very interesting. Those are the, those are the two that stuck out, stuck out to me. And then I'll create some tools, um, to help in the future. Thanks Eli. <laughs> Austin Eckroat week. Yeah, it might be. Hey Rick, where is coach? Uh, he's probably at home at this point. Uh, but I think we're going to get him back for first cut after the football season. Hey, Rick, what is your newest analysis tool? Man, they're always changing. I think my current favorite and current new is the power rankings because you can take any number of rounds that you want, including, I don't know, like a thousand of them, which is most guys' career. And you can see the statistical breakdowns for basically everybody on the PGA and European tour and all that stuff. Um, with the strokes gained when we have it, you can view the raw data, you can view the weighted data. This is currently, you can look at just players in the field or look at everybody. Uh, this is currently my favorite right now. This is the, uh, question that I get that is unanswerable and probably doesn't make any sense. Where do you want your guys to start? The good guys are starting at Monterey Peninsula so that they get to Pebble Beach for television on Saturday, uh, unless there is going to be a lot of um, weather situations on one day. Like, it's just, it's impossible. Like, some guys are going to want to play the easier course on the easier day, start on the harder course, get it out of the way. It's just, it's, it's impossible. Everybody's, everybody's different. How did ESPN Plus manage to make featured group coverage worse at a time abandoning groups? Is that true? Well, I don't, I don't know what this is referring to. I thought the coverage has been pretty good. 
And they don't pay me to say that, although they should. But uh, I thought it's been pretty good. I don't know what that means. Answer, uh, there are a lot of questions about Daniel Berger. <laughs> there are some funny comments. You guys are funny. You guys are funny. Funny guys. Uh, all right. Rick, who's going to be the winner? It's very straightforward. I appreciate the question. I will preface this by saying I obviously have no idea. But I've my brain has convinced myself that the best guy to bet for their number is Cameron Tringale, about 30 to 1. Um, he is he's figuring it out. So he passes a couple of tests for me. He passes the stat test, you know, three top tens in his last five starts. Um, obviously just more and more contention over the last year. Passed the eye test, walked with uh, the group that he was in uh, last week on on Saturday, which was the final round. John Rahm was in that group. Looked great. Went toe-to-toe with Rahm. Beat him by a shot. Was never out of his comfort zone. I think he only made one bogey on, on Saturday. So I'll be the sucker that picks the guy who's never won to win, but I think it's the guy. Good luck. <laughs> you guys crack me up. I'm not going to waste everybody's time reading these. I'll just waste everybody's time laughing at them. Um, so, interesting. Logan asked a question that I think was asked last week, and I will have a, a solution for this soon. So, he says, is there a tool for creating the best lineup based on the betting odds to win the tournament? So, what I'll do, um, I'm trying to think how I'm going to do this, but I'll add, I'll add this to the custom model, where basically... I'll add a column right here that will be something like um, implied win equity or something like that. Because if you take the odds for a tournament, that always converts into uh, applied win equity. And then if you put 100% of your weights on that, your value would then only be what their odds and their equity is. So then you could run lineups that say, give me the six golfers under $50,000 that have the highest combined win equity. And you would get a result that's like, hey, these guys add up to 18% or something like that. Um, I will, I'm going to write this down, Logan, because somebody asked about it last week as well. And that is something that I think is, uh, it's, it's always easy. It's always easy to say it's going to be easy, but I'll, I'll do this for you. Implied win ec custom model. All right, I'm on it. See that? See how? See, see that? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, all right. Ooh, what's this? Oh. Oh, Scott. Scott, you're going to make me cry here. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, so Scott has a super chat here. It says, for a new toy for, or a dog bone for Oliver. You are, you are the man. That's obviously uh, much appreciated. Thank you. All right. <laughs> that's, I'm like very happy. Scott. My brother. Thanks, brother. All right. Where was I? Um, seems like a long shots and favorites this week from the bets of what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think um, – so I talked about this a little bit with with uh, Jeff Feinberg on our odds checker preview. I, I, I do kind of like the barbell approach. The barbell approach being kind of the extremes of, of, of both ends, right? If you think about a barbell, um, you got the weights on one side and then kind of nothing in the middle and the weights on the other side. So um, that would be kind of making your card with the guys up top, your burgers, your cantlays, your super high win equity guys, and then guys 100 to 1 or deeper, right? We saw uh, TPJ, Ted Potter Jr., 
uh, win this event. We've seen, you know, uh, the, the favorites win it as well. I, I do think that that is a uh, decent approach for this week, Eric. Yes. Oh. Can we do a deep dive on Wyndham Clark? Yeah, sure. I don't think we've had a Wyndham Clark conversation yet. And no good live stream goes by without a Wyndham Clark deep dive. So let's do the Wyndham Clark deep dive. Here we go. My screen. I'll tell you what. If you would have said Wyndham Clark's made six cuts in a row, I would have been surprised to find that out. I think my memory was certainly at this summertime version of Wyndham, Wyndham Clark where he missed like eight out of ten cuts. So I'm, I'm a little bit surprised to see how well he's been playing as of late. He is much better on approach. Notice I did not say good on approach, but he's better than he was kind of in the summer. The putter, I do wonder if that's a bit unsustainable. He's gained 15 strokes over his last three tournaments. That's it's probably unsustainable. There's his best events ever. Yeah, I mean, basically like two of his best putting weeks almost ever have been here recently, which is a little bit scary. Probably a little bit unsustainable. So, uh, Wyndham Clark won't be making my, uh, you know, my investment list. But my goodness, uh, it's better than I thought. Your email, Zach says, indicated there is a gap between Patrick Cantlay, Daniel Berger, and uh, yes, correct, correct. Will there be a better spot all year to snag an elite for one and done? Good question. Um, if Spieth is playing well, him at one of those Texas events, he might be kind of your elite at one of these events. Um, let me look at the schedule. I You might not get another, well, who, like who's going to play the three? You need like one guy who's going to be the guy. Is somebody going to play the 3M Open? Is somebody going to play the John Deere? I mean, Webb at Wyndham, maybe, depending on who else tees that up. Uh, Bryson at, like, Rocket Mortgage. No, I mean, Zach, it's a pretty it's a pretty astute observation that you might not have uh, many other opportunities for this. And I will uh, use this opportunity to tell you that if you go to rickrungood.com slash newsletter or click the link in the description, you would have received the email that Zach was referring to, uh, which I'm showing you on screen right now, which has a lot of little nuggets and weird stuff that hopefully you find interesting. Ronan says, curious to know when you do a waiting process for a DFS lineup, how much merit do you put on a player's DraftKings points in their scoring? Uh, recently, much more than I used to. And I think I should probably uh, continue to weigh it even more. We're playing a fantasy game, aren't we? Aren't, don't we care about fantasy points? If you go to the Holy Grail and you just go to the fantasy tab and you start looking through you know, guys that more frequently have birdie streaks or more frequently uh, make eagles. Like, I think you'd be pretty surprised by the list. Guys who have bogey-free rounds, like that's the stuff that sets you apart. Um, so yeah, I, I think in general, we should probably be doing more with it. Zero hype for Minwoo. Who said that? Been talking about the guy all week. Oh no, I lost my spot. I've answered a lot of these, so I'm, I'm rolling through. I'm rolling through. Do we know which course is the hardest? Looking to bet a leader after round one, but don't want to bet those at the hardest course. Um, so your book might be splitting them up. For example, Caesars and most books now are, are splitting them. 
So be careful. Uh, but Woody, I know that you're not subscribed to the email newsletter because if you were, you would have seen right here the hardest course uh, historically has been Spyglass, plays over par. The easiest course historically has been Monterey Peninsula. How much better is ESPN Plus than NBC Sports doing PGA Tour Live and why? Well, uh, one, it's four feeds instead of one or two. So that's already, I guess, better by default. And uh, what I like about ESPN Plus is if you have an Apple TV or you have a Xbox, an Xbox or, or a Xbox, I think it's an Xbox, which doesn't make any sense, does it? But you can multicast, which means you can split your screen up into quads. So you can have all four feeds at once without having four TVs. So I think there's a couple of reasons. On a given week, what would you consider a good percentage of getting six of six through for you or for the field? Because generally the six of six rate for the field is somewhere between five and 10%. Really bad weeks, it'll be like 2% if the chalk uh, doesn't get through. So if you're beating that, in any stretch, you are doing well. Yes, the Netflix crews were at Tory last week. Ooh. Uh, favorite course on the Florida swing to go as a spectator? Probably, probably Honda. Probably PGA National. Some really good spots. They do a nice job. Yeah, I think that's the answer. In 2022, how do we not get shot tracker data from every course in multi-course events? Well, Sheardog, they're only a billion-dollar company. I don't know. I'll have to figure it out later. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Let's start my prize picks career with a winner. Fingers crossed. It seems like most of the good putters on POA are not very good elsewhere. Thoughts? Yeah, POA is a, an animal of its own. So guys that putt well other places but can't putt on POA makes sense. And guys that can't putt other places but do putt well on POA makes sense. Like, it's just, it's a completely different animal. And I honestly think there's a lot more randomness in putting on it. Is there a link I can go to to enter my one-and-done picks in your contest? Uh, yeah, it's that officefootballpool.com link that's floating around somewhere. Or just go to officefootballpools, log into your account, and it should show up as your uh, as your thing. I did the Brandon Harkins thing already, and I imagine people don't want to hear it again. But let's go. Oh, look, we're moving lines. The Rogers line. See, this is why you got to get the lines quick. So the prize picks move the Rogers line to eight and a half. <laughs> oh, so good. You got to move on this stuff. Uh, I think you're still okay. I think you're still okay. But wow, that's a big half a point. Big half a point. Is there a stat that closely coordinates the win equity that we can use in the custom model? I mean, strokes gain total is, is the most encompassing thing, or if you want to use weighted strokes gain total. But I'll hopefully have that uh, hopefully have that win equity in there for you soon. Hey, Rick, considering the top five approach to one and done, oh, and the week field for this event is it the last time that any of these guys yes probably rose mcneely tringali yeah probably the last time they're going to be near the top of the leaderboard um i'm trying to think yeah no probably probably gavin knows what's going on 
Go have lunch. Hashtag mic drop. Yeah, that's the key. That's what's happening right now. So here's what we got. Lots of good stuff. One, I appreciate you showing up. Thank you. You can do anything else with your time. You join me. I appreciate it. Um, two, I'll be doing a Twitter space tonight. Twitter spaces or Twitter space if it's just singular? Twitter space tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can come and vocally ask questions, say comments, do whatever you want. Uh, additionally, there is the uh, Jock Market Power Hour tonight at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. So you can join for Jock Market related items there. That'll be a blast. Also, I'll be on CBS Sports HQ tonight. I think that's live. It'll be like 7.40 Eastern. Also, I might have scheduled this a bit too tight. I'll be on VEASAN at, um, at 8 p.m. Eastern. I think I scheduled them a little bit too tight, but we're going to find out uh, one way or another. I love talking about golf and I appreciate you guys showing up. Have a great lunch. Go pet a dog. See ya.